Hello, hello everybody. Hello and welcome to another live stream. I'm glad you're here. Welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that don't know where the real mountains are. <laughs> now everyone that likes the Appalachians is going to is going to have a comeback. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to talk fish tonight as per usual. Um, we're going to start with our shipping report and we have some other cool things to talk about as well. Some progress that we've made here at the company that we'll tell you about and then we'll get to your questions and comments. So if you want to know about keeping aquarium fish, breeding and raising aquarium fish, building a fish room, um, let's see here, shipping fish, you know, lots, general fish stuff, I can help with that. I don't know anything about salt water and I don't know anything about aquarium plants. So if you're here for that, I'm sorry, but most of the other stuff I can, uh, I can chime in on. Now let's get to the shipping report. So <laughs> we have a, a couple problems and then a, uh, a, situation that you're probably going to find entertaining. So the problems, let's get that out of the way. We did have some losses this round. Two panda guppies and a couple of Adolfoi Coris did not make it. Not quite sure why, but um, there you have it. So that's a loss of four total fish since last time we talked, which is really high for us. However, it's mitigated a little bit by the fact that we're... Um, Last month, we had our, our all-time high month as far as sales go. Um, we, we set another record, and we're still doing a ton. So it is for fish, and I don't like that. But um, considering the number of fish we're shipping, it's actually a very, very small percentage. We recalculated our percentage for the year, and um, it's still way more than 99% success rate. It's more than 99.5. In fact, it's 99 0.7% and change success rate still. So still pretty good. Um, we'd like to make that higher again, but every now and then something happens. The Adolfoi quarries are actually removed, so um, no one else can buy them. I have another shipment that I'm going to ship out later this week of the Adolfoi quarries. And um, if those do well, then I will relist the ones that we have left. But I didn't want to... Uh, sell a bunch if, if they're going to be a problem. So I just, I just want to send one more batch, test it out, see if that was an isolated thing or see if that's like a system-wide thing. Because I did early on have some trouble with the Adolfoi quarries. That's why they weren't listed for sale for a while. Um, I needed some extra time to kind of fatten them up and get comfortable that they would do okay for the customers. So um, I thought we were there. I still think we're there. But this next shipment will tell me if we're actually there or if um, or if I'm missing something. So that's the report. Now, <clears throat> the funny thing, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's not great, but you'll probably find it entertaining, is we sold a whole bunch of fish and sent them out yesterday. And I got an email from one of the customers today that said, love the fish. Thanks. Um, when are the Calia Wallum going to come? And I was like, wait, I sent those to you yesterday. So I, I know that we had them because I personally caught those fish <laughs> and put them in the bag and put them out, you know, to get sealed and put in the box and all that. So I know that they were pulled. Um, 
and sent, but apparently we did not send them to the correct customer. So this happens occasionally. I, the last time I can remember this happening is maybe it's even two years ago, year and a half, two years ago, when somehow we put someone's fish in someone else's box and so that someone else has got a bonus. Um, so someone out there got six Kaliawalam, congratulations, <laughs> they're yours now, Merry Christmas. Um, and um, so we'll, we'll send uh, six more Kaliawalam to the customer that should have got them yesterday, tomorrow, so they'll get them Friday. But um, <laughs> not sure how that happens, but every now and then someone's brain just lets out a fart and forgets and or does something wrong and uh, something got mixed up. So I'm honestly, I'm actually surprised stuff like this doesn't happen more often because we're often, um, shipping days are very busy and we're often kind of crunching to make the deadline. And our system for doing all this is something I cobbled together just when I was doing this all by myself, right? It's, um, it's not an ideal system for a whole team. And so we are looking at that and we're, we're coming up with a better system, but I, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that it doesn't happen more to tell you the truth. But I am curious um, if, if one of the people in chat is the person that got the six Cali Awalum, Chilitharina species from Cali Awalum, Congratulations, they're yours. I'm not going to ask for them back. I'm not going to ask for payment or anything. That's that's our mess up. You know, that's not on you. But I am curious if you're here. <laughs> I would like to know who got them just because I'm curious. Um, you don't have to say if you don't want to, but I would like to know. <laughs> anyway, whoever it was, cheers and happy holidays. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that happened. Um, in like I said, we did have rec record sales last month, like all time record month. It was amazing. And that's in a month when traditionally it's not um, in the industry wide, industry wide, it's not a super busy month usually because a lot of people are getting ready for back to school. They're taking their last vacations. Um, they're buying supplies for the kids for school and all that. And so, um, but for us, man, August is hot. And I think it's just the timing of the new fish when they came in and, and were released for sale and such, but um, we're really happy with our Augusts. So I would like to thank everybody that ordered and made that uh, a huge success for us. We're tired. <laughs> it was a lot of fish to pack, but we're super happy and making progress. So thanks for all that purchase our stuff to make this dream possible. We appreciate it. Um, I do want to show something. We made an improvement at Get Gills and Dan's Fish. I'll show the Get Gills version. It's it's pretty much the same. We kind of, you know, used a lot of Get Gills when we made Dan's Fish, but there's a change now. It used to be you could click on like cichlids and you'd have to go to all the cichlids, right? And you can still do that if you want, but now there's a change to where you can go directly there to, to wherever you want. So if all you want is to look at South American cichlids, you can just click on that link and it'll take you to just the South American cichlids. So you don't have to go through 
all the other stuff. And if you want to navigate through here, this has always been here, but we've kind of clarified it a, a little bit. All these subcategories and these blue boxes up top, blue boxes, <laughs> blue boxes up top here. So if you want to jump to something else, you want to look at some Mabuna, you click there and now you can see the Mabuna. Um, and so we think that'll just make it easier to navigate um, the site and get right to where you want to go without having to open um, a category and then go where you want to go. Something else we did also is we, we put guppies back with live bears because I think it was confusing people. We have live bears and then guppies became, we had so many guppies that we split those out into their own group, but then people would click on live bears, not see guppies and be like, confused like what they don't have any guppies so we lumped it all back together so um if you go to the live bearer section guppies are now in there and of course same thing you can sort it by category um what's this other live bearer i'm just curious an endler oh i guess technically we should put that under guppies but um yeah so we think that makes the site a little easier to navigate this does mean if you are a seller who has a store on getgills.com. Um, we have gone through and because of this change, put everything in the correct category, except for apparently Silverado Endlers, which we put in the wrong category. I'm sure we made a couple mistakes, but in general, we've gone through and done that, but it does make it pretty important when you're listing your uh, fish for sale, your items for sale, that you click the correct category. And we've made some changes there as well to make that easier to find the right category to put your fish in when you're listing them for sale. So we think all around, this is a positive change. I'd like to thank Rock and Fish who had uh, some influence on this. There was an idea of like, I think it's time to split off Placostomus. And I knew the guppy thing was there and Jonathan uh, about the same time was sensing the same problem and came up with this solution. So good job, Random Arms. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Kent's Fish says, gotta run, catch the repeat, thanks for all you do. And throwing down $4.99 to tell me he's gotta run. Hey Kent, thanks for the super chat, always appreciated, never required, but it does make the wife super happy when money falls out of the computer screen. So thanks again, cheers, and have a good evening. All right, the other thing we wanna talk about, and this is gonna seem a little strange to people, but uh, just, just hang on while we, uh, walk you through it is we have started listing some fish on aquabid it's like why would you do that they're a competitor to get gills and that, that might be a little bit true but um the reason i stopped using aquabid was because it was so hard to manage um every time you make a change on aquabid you have to re-enter your password and you have to enter everything from scratch and just if you only have one or two things, it's okay. But when you start having many items for sale, it just, it takes all day or several days sometimes to get them all listed. So for the last couple of days, I'm sorry, weeks, actually, this has taken what two and a half weeks, something like that. Um, Jonathan has been working to solve that issue. And so Jonathan has written uh, a whole bunch of code and created a whole process that automates everything. So now, um, I can list on Aquabid and it automates everything. It connects to my central inventory. I don't have to worry about trying to manage separate inventory streams because that becomes a nightmare. And so we have gone over and listed things for sale on Aquabid. We have 
everything we have for sale on Get Gills and Dance Fish is also available on Aquabit. So why would we do that? That's, that seems like a strange thing to do. And the reason is, is first of all, I've never had like an, like an issue with Mark over at Aquabit. I think he's a good guy and that Aquabit has been a, a good service for a long time. I just think it's clunky and out of date. Uh, which is why we created Get Gills. But the reason is, is as we expand, we're bringing in larger and larger numbers of fish. Um, the, the import values keep going up and up. We're about to move into a warehouse um, and have a whole bunch more tanks. And in order to make that work, we need to increase our customer base. And so one way we can do that is by selling in a separate marketplace, right? An additional marketplace. So this will allow us to get in front of people that just otherwise would not be aware of Dan's fish. So part of it is because we'll be able to sell more things on Aquabid, but mainly we want people to get to know us. People that are on Aquabid, but not on Dan's fish. We want them to get to know us. We want them to experience the difference um, in, in buying from us and how we do things and whoops, I'm showing, was I showing that the whole time? Hopefully I was showing that. Um, okay. I'm on the right screen now. <laughs> I don't know where I was in the past. Hopefully it was right. Oh yeah, it was right. Um, but anyway, hopefully, um, that'll allow us to reach more people and, and bring them into the community. So that's the, that's kind of why we would go list on something that you could see as competition. I, I, I don't really think of them that way, but um, so we have a favor to ask. We have all this stuff listed and we, it, Jonathan has written all the code and the automation we think is working, but we don't know that for sure because we can't see what you guys are seeing on your end, like anyone that purchases our stuff from Aquabid, we can see what it did on our end, but we don't see what you're experiencing. So we have a favor to ask, which is um, if some of you would go buy some of our stuff on Aquabid and share it with us the emails you receive um, and, and everything so we can see what's on your end. Now, I want to stress, you don't have to actually pay for it. Um, we're okay with that. We're just testing this out and making sure it's okay. But if you wouldn't mind going there, buying something, um, you will get an automated email from us once you make the per the purchase on Aquabid that says, hey, thanks for buying from us. Here's how you complete your purchase and all that. If some of you wouldn't mind doing that up to the point where you have to pay and then just canceling it or not, not just stopping there. I, I mean, don't feel like you actually have to pay money, but if you get that far in the process, and if you wouldn't mind um, sharing the email you get from us, um, if you would email me, a, forward that to me at dan at dancefish.com. Screenshots of um, what you're seeing once you go to the link in the email to to finalize your purchase and all that would be very helpful. And any comments, like how did you find the experience? Was was it better than when you've tried to buy things on Aquabit in the past or was it worse or what are your general thoughts? And please be brutally honest because that's what helps us. Um, what we're trying to do is get a sense of what this would be like for someone who's completely unaware of Dan's fish, doesn't know us from another fish company at all and um, just happens to buy one of our things on Aquabid and then goes through the process that, that you'll see if you if you 
do this test and, and yeah, experience it. Um, if you can enter your, if you can become one of those people who doesn't know Dan's fish at all and just be brutally honest of like, Ooh, this part was, didn't work for me. Uh, this part I had trouble with, or, you know, the, the things you like is fine too, but we're looking for problems to fix. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind going to aquabid.com, buying some Dan's fish stuff, um, going through the process. Again, you don't have to actually get to the point where you put in your credit card or go to PayPal to pay, it does, but up to that point would be very useful. So we appreciate that. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Kaler's Aquatics who and Exotics who helped us with this a little bit as we were finalizing things just to make sure that things to find bugs, basically. We think those are all fixed now. We're, we're just ready for some feedback. So thanks again, uh, Killers Aquatics and Exotics, for helping out with that. We appreciate it. Okay, with that, I think that is everything I had to talk about, except the giveaway. We have an awesome giveaway. We are going to give away a $100 gift certificate to dancefish.com tonight. And we are able to do that because a member of this community who wishes to remain anonymous um, contacted us and said, you know what, basically I wanna give back is what they said. And uh, I wanna do it anonymously. And here's a hundred dollars. <laughs> so um, I wanna thank that person, you know who you are. I think it's super cool that you did that. And um, just as a way to give back and thank the community for everything that this person gets from interacting with you on this stream and, and I think other other areas of the fish fam as well. So to enter the giveaway, to enter a $100 gift certificate, um, I thought it would be appropriate just hashtag thanks. Hashtag T-H-A-N-K-S. And I, it doesn't have to be capitalized or anything. I just did that so you could see it easier, hopefully. But um, since this person is doing this as a thank you to all of you people for brightening their day, um, I thought it would be appropriate to have the hashtag thanks. So if you enter hashtag thanks in the chat, you'll be entered to win a $100 gift certificate. As good as cash at dancefish.com. You can use it for fish, but it also can contribute to your shipping costs and, and all that stuff. I know for some of you, um, our shipping costs are a barrier to entry. I get it. We only ship UPS next day air or better. Sometimes we do next day air early for people that really need it there early. It's very expensive, but um, sometimes it's the, the best way to go. And... Um, so I know that that's, you know, a lot more expensive than USPS priority and all that. So this might give uh, some folks a chance that normally couldn't buy or, or you know, turned off <laughs> by the shipping cost to, hey, hey, I can do that, you know. So that'll cover your shipping plus a lot more. So um, thanks again to the donor. Um, the, our anonymous donor friend. Now, I almost in the thumbnail put an anonymous mask, <laughs> a Guy Fox mask <laughs> for provided by anonymous. But then I thought that's one group of hackers. I really don't want to call their attention to me. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. With that, let's get to your questions and comments. So if you have a question or comment for me, if you would just type the at symbol and Dan's fish, 
you'll see it pop up. You can select it. And when you do that, it turns bright orange for me. So it makes it very easy for me to find on my side so I can answer your question or comment. And there were so many people that just entered the giveaway um, that we cut off almost everybody's question or comment. So if you left a question or comment before, um, there's only like four or five that I can see. All the rest got cut off. So feel free to leave it again. Um, we don't want you to spam the chat with your questions and comments, but if you go ahead and leave it, and then if you see that I chat jumped and I, I'm below your question or comment and I had not answered it, it probably means that chat jumped. I can't find it. So then feel free to list it again. Uh, before we get into this, I just want to thank my moderators who work really hard every week for free out of the kindness of their heart um, to moderate the chat and make this kind of discussion possible. Thanks to each and every one of you. And uh, with that, let's get going. So, Zeph says, I found at Dan's Fish on Aquabid. Yep, I think we've covered that. <laughs> Garen, I assume the prices are the same. Yes, yeah. So, basically, the magic of this is I can list an item for sale at Dan's Fish. Um, and the way we have it correlated is it will automatically list that fish on Get Gills or Aquabid. Um, the inventory is managed centrally and talks to both those platforms. And so we just have to put it in once. We just have to put the price in once and it shows up everywhere. Now, I don't think Aquabid reflects any sale prices, but I think we only we, we really don't do sales. I think we only have like two items on sale right now. So that's not going to. Um, really affect anyone. And again, for what we're asking you to do right now, you don't actually have to pay. Um, we're just asking you to test it out and give us feedback. We just want to make sure it's actually working. <laughs> but it's it's an impressive number. Like, look at this. This is, we're just going to scroll. This is an impressive number of listings. I have to say, that, that feels good. That feels good. I guess it would feel better if we were sold out of everything. That'd be a good problem to have. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Brian Maramba. Hey, I have a Caradina tank and the cage is zero. Ooh. What's in the buffering substrates that buffer the water if it's not KH? Brian, I've never used those buffering substrates. So I've never looked into it. So this is a question I'm not going to be able to answer. But I do know that there's lots of folks in this stream that use substrates, um, specialized substrates. So would you folks please chime in? Uh, if you make your answer at Brian Maramba, so it gets right to Brian, that would be wonderful. Let's help Brian out, even though me, myself, I, I just don't have any experience in that area. I'm sorry, Brian. Okay, Supreme Aquatics, Wally Kern. Wally, hello. You can use incognito mode on your browser and that would act like someone other than yourself, except for um, Aquabid knows my, um, my account. And so if I go to buy something on my account, it, it knows it's me and I get an error that says you cannot purchase your own items. So, and, and also we want, we want opinions too. Um, we do want the, uh, you know, screenshots would be helpful. I, I know that's a lot of work, so, you know, it's okay. I get it if you can't do that, but just telling us your opinions would be good too. Like uh, just, Hey, this part was painful. I didn't like this bit or nope, 
it, it actually worked fine. You know, knowing those things would be very, very helpful. And Wally, good to hear from you. Um, hope you're doing well. And if this is the if this is the Wally that raises leopard geckos, I'm way behind in getting back to you. I'm sorry, um, man. Just things have got. I don't want to say out of control. There's a lot going on, but yeah, I, I haven't forgotten. All right. Natural aquariums. If it's something someone wants at Aquabit, can they go ahead and complete the actual purchase? Oh, of course. Yeah, sure. That would be just fine. I just didn't want people to feel like they had to actually spend money to, you know, complete the request. But if you're going to buy it anyway, yes, please do. That would be fantastic for us. Okay. Thank you to uh, Kelly Foreman for offering to help Bunny Viper. Appreciate that, Kelly. Oh, I need to thank Orange Cones. I haven't done this yet. So you'll all remember that two weeks ago, I had shared with you that I was frustrated and didn't know what else to do because I could not find a way to buy a tipper tie machine, which I need for the import hub down in Los Angeles to make the rebagging process uh, Less painful, <laughs> less rubber bands rubbing against your thumb and just rubbing your, your thumb raw, right? Um, and I had, I had been trying for quite a while to figure out how to do this and just kept hitting dead ends. Well, Orange Cones must know someone because Orange Cones was like, I'm on it. And the next morning... I had an email from a sales rep at Tipper Tie saying, how can I help you? <laughs> and so I responded and within half an hour, I had a quote. So that all is going swimmingly. We sent some samples of the bags that we'll be um, clamping to them so they can make sure that the unit that we want, which is the THZ 400, um, will actually work with those bags, but we're pretty confident it will. So, but Kelly Foreman, I forgot to thank you for that. That was a huge win for us. Thanks for making that possible. I don't know who you knew over there or what you did or whose kneecaps. Yeah. Well, anyway, but uh, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> um, in, in Jonathan, uh, one of our customers, I won't say their last name because I'm not sure if, how public they want this, but I want to thank you as well for reaching out about, out about the uh, Tipper Time Machine too. Thank you so much. And some other folks as well, whose names I forget, a few folks uh, reached out and, and were helpful with that. But Orange Gomes is the one that, that made it happen. Okay, looking here. There we go. David Wycliffe. Are low stock quantity items intentionally not listed on Aquabit? Anything that we have in stock, two or more, I think, we list on Aquabit. But if we're down to one, we don't list it on Aquabit because we don't want to get in a situation where um, two people are trying to buy it at once and you get an oversell or an air problem or something like that. So, yep, stuff that's really low in stock is not listed on Aquabit. Swamp Thing, regarding the Wallum, awesome, awesome rainbow fish. Whoever got them, you're lucky. <laughs> I once ordered a burger and they brought me the wrong one and took it back after I took a bite. I couldn't have eaten two, but still, your business model is better. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Usually we're good. I, I mean, I do know that I, I personally have made that mistake, but I think the last time that mistake happened at Dan's fish was, uh, by me or anyone else, it was me, but, um, it's two, two years. I want to say maybe a year and a half at the earliest, but every now and then, man. Yep. Kristen Wakeland, what is your favorite fish you have in stock right now? Well, I used to find myself stopping and watching the Blackberry um, Silver Dollars all the time. They're just truly stunning and they sparkle. Like they get all these iridescent scales and they look like diamonds. It looks like bling from a rap video. It's pretty awesome. Um, but we just sold all those. Uh, those of all, those are all now at their new forever home. So not those. I think it's got to be a few of the gobies are what I, I stop and look at now. Um, and the specific ones are Sikiopus uh, multisquamatus, the teardrop goby. I also find myself watching the uh, Stiphodon pelowensis their colors change all the time, the Peloensis. And so they're just, it's just so fun to, to watch them. The, um, there's two others that I'm always watching too. The Sikiopus, um, Cibuensis, which is the high fin rainbow goby. They don't photograph well, but they display all the time and dance around and they, they're really, really fun. And then the last one is a Lentipus species. It's Lentipus multiradiatus. Um, of all the Lentipus we have, it's the one that is um, prettiest even when it's not colored up. And so um, those are the ones I think, yeah, it's, it's the gobies. The others I like as well and often pause at, but those four um, are really when I'm making the rounds and feeding, I just find myself like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this for a minute because it's so cool. Like some of these gobies, you won't see their color and then you feed them and it's amazing. You feed them and within a few minutes, their color has changed quite a bit and you start seeing the kind of beautiful colors come through and they're not even in breeding dress yet. When they settle in and they, they actually kind of want, start wanting to spawn, um, they're going to be really amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I like watching that color transformation. Liquid Zoo, only fins. Love at Dan's Fish, I get gills, and the anonymous donor. Love right back from all of us. Thank Liquid Zoo. I appreciate it. Um, RB Animals Rescue, is there any South, easy South America fish? Yeah tons of them um if you want a really bulletproof fish get a buenos Aires tetra um corridors aeneas or paleotis um von rio tetras there's so many of them is there is there a specific kind of fish you're, you're wanting to know about, we could narrow it down a little bit, but yes, yeah, South America, man, that you can find anything from the most difficult, delicate fish down to like rock solid, you know, you'd have to, I don't know, 
launch them into the sun for them to perish. <laughs> Lots of easy ones. Red Eye Aquatics. How are your box filters doing? I use them in most of my tanks and love them. Oh yeah, I've been using them for years. Um, that, that's how I get rid of particulates in the water is with box filters. And I like them because all you do is hook up an airline to them. You don't need a separate pump, so you're not generating extra heat in the tanks or what have you. I just find them really easy. Um, let's see here. What are some drawbacks? The only real drawback I think is the way the airline connects to the top and you can't uh, like there's a hole through the lid and then the airline and you can't get the lid off without disconnecting the airline. And that's a little annoying. Um, it would be nice, I guess, if you could take the top off and do some stuff without having to disconnect the airline sometimes. Like it was connected at the bottom instead or something. But I mean, it's a pretty good design though. I've used them for years. Yeah. Woo! I'm seeing a bright orange super chat and it looks like I missed one. Peplin Creek Aquatics throwing down five bucks. Can me and Foxy's Fishes do a snail giveaway next week to celebrate opening our Get Gills store? Would be a crazy snail lady pack. Yes, um, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. Peplin Creek, I believe next week is still open. Um, I'll have to do some checking, but yes, I think we can do that. Worst case is I'll have to bump you one week or something like that. Um, but yeah, let's talk. And I, I just, I think it's awesome when community members um, volunteer to donate and support the giveaway that we do every week. I think that's just a, a sign of a really healthy community. So thanks for doing that. Um, everyone who's ever done that. I think that's amazing. Kelly Foreman is throwing down $19.99. <laughs> Cause an even 20. <laughs> that's just too normal. <laughs> my quest to get people to buy more rainbows, like my favorite Picta, from you is succeeding. Awesome. Well, Jonathan and I were talking today and we're like, you know what? I think it's about time to bring in another group of fish. So I've been thinking of the rainbows um, and what what we need to rotate in that we haven't brought in for a while. So, um, ah, yeah, yep, you got me thinking about it too. <laughs> I mean, I'll have to bring in more picta. Those those are amazing. The kiunga are phenomenal. Um, the um, the dragons, the uh, Wanamensis and Multisquamata, the Glossolepis species, um, are looking good. The Gadoman Village were awesome. Like, yeah, we, we need to do some more. And, and thanks, Kelly, to you and anyone else that helps spread the word. That is, um, it's such a help, uh, just spreading the word. Once people come and, and purchase from us, and experience what we do, generally they're pretty sticky. They, they tend to stick around. Although, <laughs> anytime we really do screw up, it usually tends to be on someone's first order, like that the, the poor person who purchased the Calia Wallum and then we sent them to someone else. <laughs> like, that was their first order, and it's like, great, this is their first impression. <laughs> so, it doesn't always work, but in general, um, the referral and just getting someone to try us the first time, that's all we need. Once they've got the fish and, and seen the care and the fish do well for them and all that, then usually they stick around. So that's a huge help and we appreciate it very, very much. All right, Red Eye Aquatics. Man, Red Eye Aquatics, you gotta get some sleep. How are your box filters doing? Oh, I already got that one. 
Heather Botti Smith. I'm thinking of building a bonsai tree for my tank. What's a good fish safe glue? Um, just super glue, the gel. Gel super glue is fine. I, I know it sounds weird, but even really sensitive critters can, it doesn't affect them abnormally. Um, coral frags. Corals are about as sensitive as it gets from what I understand. I don't know nothing about salt water, but from the salties that I talk to, corals are like, delicate delicate things and big big glue coral frags all the time with gel super glue so i'd make sure it's gel i'd make sure it's super glue just the normal one i forget the name of the chemical that you want but you don't you don't want any extras <laughs> just as normal old gel super glue should do it garen thank you for my new beautiful fish arrived today and settling in appreciate all that you do hey garen thank you for purchasing them so we can do what we do. That's what makes this possible. And I'm glad you got them. I hope they do well long-term. If, if you have any problems, reach out though. Dan at Dance Fish will take care of you. William Baisley, I have a 55 gallon and I'm getting two platinum parrots and wondering what would go with them. Oof. With platinum parrots. Okay, so those are gonna grow up to be big and somewhat ornery. Um, it's a 55 gallon. I think you might be about done there, my friend. I, I mean, it's totally up to you how you keep fish, but they're going to get big. And I think that might be enough fish for a 55 gallon once they're full grown. Um, you might not want to do maintenance on more than that. They're going to create a lot of waste. Now, they're going to be a totally fun pet. Um, they'll get to know you. You'll be able to hand feed them and all that. But if it was me personally... I don't know if I'd get more fish and they might actually grow out of that 55 gallon with time too. So that's my thoughts. Todd W need help getting Congo Tetra to breed 40 gallon breeder with two males and five females. They get into the breeding mood, but the eggs never seem never to be found. I would like to refer you to Mark's aquatics. Um, Mark's Aquatics is, I, I was confused it was the, the Mark Shrimp guy. There's, there's two folks from across the pond uh, in the UK. I think Mark Shrimp is the shrimp guy. But Mark's Aquatics does all these breeding videos. And I believe, yeah, I, he's done Congo Tetras. Um, so I, I could explain it all. But if you just watch a few of his videos, breeding egg scatterers, um, I think he's got some on Congo Tetras, but even if he doesn't, his video on Neon Tetras is great. If you follow all those steps, it, it'll be the same. So something to check out. Um, basically, just a couple real quick thoughts. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Professor Dan, quick. I don't think so. Um, but a couple things are deep layer of something for the eggs to fall into so the adults can't get them whether it's marbles or gravel or whatever and then something else and actually i don't think mark's aquatics does this but something else that can be useful is to lower the water level so they've only got two or three inches of water to spawn in that way the eggs don't have as far to fall before they hit the substrate so the uh fish have less chance to eat the eggs right after they spawn. So that, that's just something else to think about as well. But Todd, uh, Mark's Aquatics has covered it in depth. So check him out. He also covers how he uh, uh, creates infusoria cultures to feed the new babies and, and all that. He's just done a, a stellar job. So 
if a picture is worth a thousand words, those videos are worth a million. Because it's 34 frames per second, right? Or whatever it is these days. Xanadu do. Do you still want temps of the shipments? Yes, that is most helpful, especially this time of year. As the seasons start to change, it starts to cool down and stuff. So, yeah, if anyone ever gets fish from us and um, is able to and, and thinks about um, taking the temperature of the water um, of the bags, you know, right when they open the box, that's most useful. It, it's an odd time to ship there. Let's see here. Today we, well, all this week we've been doing it. Actually, for the last couple of weeks. Um, some places have cooled off enough. We're actually having to put heat packs in. Some places are still hot enough that we have to put cold packs in. And then most places we still don't have to do anything. But um, yeah, when the high is 68 and the low is 40 something, it's like, I guess there's a heat pack going in there. <laughs> so um, that feedback really helps us though, as we, it's a constant, it's a constant calibration. Uh, the feedback helps, helps us constantly calibrate how we're using our heat packs and cold packs and when and where and what size and all that um, so that we're successful as the seasons change. It's always useful and appreciated. Um, now, Xanadudu, you'll be getting an email from us. There is a problem with the Kubatai Rasboras. We went to do our pre-shipment check today, and unfortunately, they have velvet, which... I live in mortal fear of. I absolutely hate velvet. So um, we can't send those. And I apologize, like yesterday they looked fine, <laughs> but today they've got some velvet. And this, by the way, is why you don't want all your aquariums on a central filter system or uh, all on one sump or something like that. Now I get in some cases, you know, that's the best option, I get it. But imagine, if we had multiple tanks sharing a filter or something like if we got velvet in one tank, it would be in the whole system and they would all have it. And I don't know what I'd do. I'd have to shut down for like 30 days while we cleaned all the velvet out. Right. It would be, or just sell sick fish, which we're not going to do. So um, luckily though, that doesn't happen. All of our tanks are their own independent systems. So uh, we shut off the light. I do have copper safe so we can treat it. But I've never seen velvet that was a quick treat and copper's hard on the fish. So what's going to happen is we're going to treat them. It's going to stress the fish out. Once the velvet's gone, we're going to have to take some real time to get the fish back to health and everything. And um, so, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a problem for a while, unfortunately. So sorry about that. Sorry that happened to the fish that that you were interested in, but you'll be getting an email from us uh, about that. Um, we, we literally found it like 15 minutes before we went live. So um, we haven't had time to do that yet, but we'll be, we'll be in touch. Um, usually everything's okay, but every now and then, um, I think, I think right now we only have two problem tanks. The Kubatai, like in the, that aren't quarantined, right? Fish in quarantine are obviously there for a reason. But um, the, the Kubatai Rasboras and the African leaf fish, we had to pull the African leaf fish because they had an issue as well. And uh, I think they recovered, but 
it's gonna I'm gonna give them like you know several weeks to make sure <laughs> so um, but so that gives you an idea out of 150 ish aquariums let's say no because I'm not including quarantine so let's uh, I don't know out of many aquariums right now there's like two that have problems and it's unpredictable you know everything seems fine and then for some reason unbeknownst to me or anyone I know an aquarium can just develop a problem sometimes so it's a bummer but that's what happens when you're selling living organisms and not wrenches and hammers um yeah and man velvet I hate it oh I live in mortal fear of it I just hate that parasite David Farrell, love the Synodonis Ocelifer there, doing great. Awesome, David, I'm glad to hear it. Um, yeah, that, that eye thing doesn't seem to bother them at all. They just zip around here and they're happy and they eat so much. <laughs> like, they don't have a problem finding the food. So I'm glad to hear they're doing well for you. And uh, thanks for giving them a home. I think that's awesome. All right, here, I chat jumped, so... I got way behind. Ooh. Oh, chat jumped way far. So I might not, I might not be able to get to some of your uh, questions or comments. The, the first one I can see, it, here, let me show you where I'm at, just so you know. So this is as far up as I can go. Um, so Kaler's Aquatics and Exotics is the first orange I see, reminding folks to at symbol dance fish so it highlights like this. So it's bright orange, so I do see it. We have Kelly Foreman Super Chat. Anything above that, I just can't see. So if you left a question or a comment above that, it's cut off now. Please feel free to leave it again um, so I can get to it. Thanks again, Kelly, for the uh, $20 Super Chat. Greatly appreciated. Rockin' Fish, hey, good to see you. When are you going to get Nigeria again? Um, it's a good question. Nigeria is very seasonal. So they have their dry season and their wet season. Most of the fish I'm interested in, the small little uh, tetras, the killifish, the, the small barbs and things like that, are not very collectible in the wet season. So we're at that time of year right now where, well, just like us, right? How our seasons are kind of starting to turn, their season is kind of starting to turn. So it's going to depend on when the rain stops and how quickly things kind of settle down again. Um, because right now in the rainy season, like everything's flooded out. There's just so much water, you can't get to the fish. So you have to wait for it to recede a bit to get to the small little fish. Um, it, I mean, the big monsters they can collect year round, but not the little stuff that I like. So not quite sure. Hoon Aquatics, hey, I, I have been meaning to do something here I'm um, saying the Aves Creek, it's a Bosmani, Melanotania Bosmani from Aves Creek, still blow my mind, an un underrated location of Bosmani. Yeah. So they turn almost black on the front and bright kind of orange on the back. They aren't your light blue and light yellow Bosmani that we're all kind of accustomed to at this point. But I want to show folks something. I've been meaning to do this. Kuhn Aquatics has some really cool fish for sale right now and bred and raised by them. Here we are. So this is Hoon Aquatic Store on Get Gills. Only a couple things right now, 
but the, the quality is going to be amazing. So these are Melanotania classioensis. Uh, I believe these are babies from the fish that, um, that came from me. So they'd be F1 from my fish. And they really are stunning. Like this is a beautiful fish. And it's so, so in peril in nature that I'm glad to see that Hoon Aquatics has bred them and is now redistributing them. That, that's what should happen. Ideally, what would happen with rainbows, since they're, I don't know, I don't want to say they're all going to go extinct in the wild, but unfortunately, um, that's happening a lot in Papua, just because of development, industries coming in, all these beautiful you know, virgin swaths of land, new roads are being built. And anytime the road is built, industry moves in. And then the little creek that is the only home to a rainbow fish species gets wiped out. You know, it happens again and again and again. And it can happen super fast. Classioensis um, comes from Classio Creek, which is only, it's a, it's a tiny little habitat. Basically, there's this underwater creek or river it flows underwater. At one point, it peaks up to the surface and then it disappears back underwater. And so where it peaks up to the surface, that one little spot, that's the only place where Melanotania classioensis lives in the wild. So it's, it's like the devil's hole pupfish, kind of. It's a bigger habitat than that, but it's not very big. One event would wipe that entire site out. And so hopefully what happens is if we can bring in fish like those and distribute them to people like Hoon Aquatics, and then they can breed them and distribute them more, then if that population is ever wiped out in the wild, we, we've still got them, kind of like the white cloud minnow, right? So I think it's awesome that Hoon Aquatics has bred those and is now distributing them. Also has some campsi, which is awesome. Um, and I know has Aves Creek as well because... Uh, because <laughs> I know where he got them. <laughs> but anyway, if you want some cool rainbow fish bred in the United States by a hobbyist, check out Hoon Aquatics. I've been meaning to do that for a while. Uh, Mitchell Broom, while you're thinking about bringing in more rainbows, throw in a bunch of odd pseudomugil. Yes, I, I do like the pseudomugils. And when I can find things like Pluticola and the, I have some Mimica right now. Um, Nova Guinea. Um, yeah, I would love to find some Mellis and some other things, but we do what we can. Sure. But Mitchell, pretty much when I find pseudomugils, I, I bring them. I mean, some I don't like Cyanodorsalis. I wouldn't bring in just because, um, I, I don't have any salt water, <laughs> but anything that I think I can do a good job on. Yep. I'll do. Stephen P. 2003 Aquatics. Kelly Foreman is really good at making people spend money, apparently. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad Kelly's on my team. <laughs> and I love the, the lyrics she laid down for your latest video, Stephen P. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> Loria 99. There's a typo on the listing page. Okay. There's a typo on the listing page on the Dancefish website for Aspidorus Ramundi. It says they eat live foods instead of they, – they eat love foods instead of live foods. 
Well, I give them both. <laughs> good catch. Good to know. Love foods. Who doesn't want a little love food? Thanks. I appreciate you letting us know. We'll fix that. All right. KP threw down a super chat. $3. Thank you so much. And, and how's it going? It's going great. I hope you're doing well. I, I hope everyone here is doing as well as I am right now. I have to say, life is pretty darn good. I'm, it's an exciting time. I'm glad to be alive. I'm exhausted. Like, I mean, Jonathan and I spent too many nights up till around 2 a.m. or so um, trying to finish some coding projects. Um, and it kind of all caught up with me uh, today. <laughs> so I've been a bit of a wandering zombie today. So, you know, hopefully I didn't put someone else's wrong fish in the wrong box, but if it was going to happen, it would happen today. But what I'm finding is it, it used to be, um, when I did other things for a living that when I was tired, it would be tired and stress and not a motivating stress, not like, a uh, excited, let's call it excited anxiety. Is that a thing? (laughs) Not that, but the kind of stress that just makes you want to go pull the pillow over your head and not get out of bed. Right. But what I found lately, um, well, for the last while that I've been doing this is everything's awesome. Like even when I'm exhausted, I can deal with it and still be productive and happy because the stress is not there. Exhaustion and stress together that that does me in but just exhaustion no problem no problem so i'm gonna get some sleep tonight though i yeah <laughs> mega mindy lou hey mega mindy i found him i know the last neon Gobi showed up just like he said probably buried himself the adult fire settling in good too love them thank you awesome i'm so glad so um I, i'm sure i can share this since Mega Mindy Lou just did that. There was a scare that one of the gobies had disappeared, like maybe it crawled out of the tank or something and couldn't be found. But looks like it had just buried itself and popped back out later. So I'm glad that that happened. And actually, I don't. I think I was wrong too. I I said they could bury themselves, but I actually thought they might have crawled out as well. Because until I learned more about stiffen gobies. Um, yeah, I, I made a few mistakes myself. Marie Z, top chat. Nope, I'm, I'm in live chat. I know that um, it says top chat there, but this is what I'm actually seeing. It's live chat here. Um, so I don't know why when I transition, it shows you guys that I'm in top chat, but I'm not. Now, last week I was, so I appreciate the, the call out. But um, this time, yeah, this time I'm actually in the right one, even though it shows you I'm in the wrong one because... <laughs> YouTube does a great job, but there's a couple tiny little details that I think get missed, which, by the way, I totally understand as a as a guy that's working with a guy to to develop new stuff and, and all that in code land. I get it, man. Even simple things can be very complicated when you have to code them in ones and zeros. Michael Wiggins, what is your recommendation for a beginner fish breeder? Ooh, I've got a good one for you. Uh, Discus angelfish 
flag cichlids, featherfin tetras, and shabunkin goldfish that I think are almost mature enough. Oh, so of all those, the one that I think is going to be the easiest is probably the angelfish, maybe the flag cichlids as well. Um, so if you're asking of that group, well, goldfish aren't real hard. The, the nice thing about angelfish babies and flag cichlid babies is when they hatch, they're big enough to take baby brine shrimp right away. Um, they're the ones I have the most experience with and have had the most success with. So that's the one I'm going to go with. Yeah. Um, angelfish especially. If you're asking in general, what's a good beginner breeder fish, I'm going to say Madaka rice fish. Super easy to breed, large eggs with large babies that can eat baby brine shrimp right away. I also like killifish, Fundalopanchax garden rye. One of the first, the first killie I believe that I probably ever bred and raised successfully. Super beautiful and easy as well. So that's what I'm going to say. Dude, the super chats are rolling in tonight. Thank you, everybody. I so appreciate it. Thanks so much. The secret history living in your aquarium. Alex, I think I'm going to be able to meet you in about a month. I'm going to be up at uh, in Portland giving a talk. I know you are too, so I look forward to seeing you. Um, hey, Dan, I know you and I have spoken on the stiffen on wasting issue before. Any new tip or info on that ailment? Love watching you build. Thanks. Um, so I, I don't. I don't yet. I, I sent some. Actually, I didn't. I didn't send any to the vet this time because they're all doing good. Let me make sure that's a true statement. I got a, is that a true statement? No, I sent a Peloensis to the vet um, because I was worried about them because I'd had a batch before that didn't do well. So preemptively I did. I sent a Peloensis to the vet, stiff it on Peloensis. Fortunately, I guess, but unfortunately, to answer your question, it had a clean bill of health. There was nothing found. Here's what I think is actually going on with stiffodons and other gobies with wasting disease. I think in general, they're not getting enough food. Um, stiffodons and Sichiopterus gobies. Um, now, I want to put a caveat on here. I'm fairly new with gobies. Like, I have a lot of them, and I've had them off and on for years, but I haven't kept lots of them for a long time. But here's what I have noticed. Stiffodons and Sichiopterus are grazers and they just need a long time with the food. And I think generally what happens is food gets put in and the other fish eat it first and there's very little left for Stiphodon and Sichiopterus type species. The, the, the scrapers, the grazers, right? Um, in the wild, they're literally scraping all day long. And I haven't seen that, but Hans George Evers has, and he's written a few articles where he mentions it. Um, and so they're not the kind of fish that has a huge fat reserve or that can go a long time without food because they uh, adapted and evolved scraping and eating all day long constantly. So I think... And I know what you're talking about because I've experienced that in the past before I kind of got hip to the secret. But for me, the secret has been I just keep food in front of them. All, I want to say all day long. I mean, there's times when they 
they eat it all or something and don't have any. But in general, there's food in front of them all the time. Um, and I mix it up too. The other thing I think that can happen is people think of them as vegetarians. And while that's true, I think it's more accurate to think of them as omnivores that are heavy into veggies. But they also eat other stuff. They scrape biofilm, which is protein rich, in the algae and off swatch, or however you say that, that they're scraping. There's all kinds of little critters and worms and crustaceans that they're grazing and eating. So even though they're eating veggies, there's a percentage of that food that is animal, for sure. So I generally feed them things like, um, I'll put in, in algae wafers, and not just one, because if you just put in one, one dominant fish will claim the wafer and chase everyone away. So what I'll do is I'll put four or five algae wafers in the tank. They won't eat all that. So later in the evening or whatever, so I'll do that in the morning and then in the afternoon or evening, I'll go through and scoop out what they have not eaten. Um, and that allows them many hours to eat the, the, the wafers kind of, they don't, dissolve but they break into large chunks that go around and so everyone gets a chance to feed that really helps and then every now and then every few days we'll feed them baby brine shrimp as well so they get some protein and and that we don't have sunken bellies right now um and um let me think about that is that a true statement I don't think any of the gobies we have at the moment, we have a lot of species right now, um, are in any danger of having that wasting issue. It's just because I'm keeping food in front of them all the time. So that's, I wonder if it's more that than um, an actual disease. Or maybe it could be a combo of both. Um, there could be an internal parasite, but as long as they get enough food, it just doesn't affect them. And that's a possibility as well, except for the vet did a skin scrape, a gill clipping, a fin clipping, and a dissection. So the, the guts were examined and nothing was found. That doesn't mean that there isn't anything there, but nothing was found. So that's my thoughts, um, Alex, um, on stiffodons and Sichiopterus, the, the grazing, scraping kind of benthic, I don't know, benthic cows, I guess. <laughs> Howard McCormick, Dan's fish. I'm on the edge of the rabbit hole. Woo! <laughs> Are you going to take the pill that makes you bigger or makes you small? I have three ways to read pH. All three show from 6.4 to 7.6. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, different test kits will show different readings. Um, if things aren't calibrated exactly right, liquid test kits will be off. If the test kit is old, it could be off. Um, I've tried different tests from different companies and got different readings. I have good news for you, though, Howard. You don't need to worry about the pH. Un unless you're trying to breed something that is, like, on the edge as far as its natural environment where it lives. Um, in those cases, sometimes I'm thinking of, like, a, a true blackwater swamp species. In a case like that, a low pH might be helpful. But it's more to do with hardness than pH, I think. Um, but in general, in general, all the fish we have can live in our normal tap water pH. Um, basically, if you can drink it, 
they can probably live in it. If it's been dechlorinated and gassed off and aged and all that, sure. So I, I honestly find pH to be a fairly um, a meaningless parameter, to tell you the truth, um, as far as keeping fish and even breeding fish. If you breed fish that have to have soft acidic water, quote unquote, right? Um, often what you need is none of that. They'll breed in, and do just finding your normal tap water. Or if they are one of those species that the eggs don't fertilize well in hard water, don't develop well in hard water, then give them soft water and they'll spawn. Um, the, the acid side, okay, I'm not a chemist, I'm not a scientist or any of that, but I've never seen a fish that I had to have acidic water to spawn. Um, there's other things we can do. We can treat the eggs with methylene blue. We can, I mean, acroflavin was used for, for forever. Um, I think it causes cancer though. <laughs> so, I, again, not a chemist, but careful with some of these old things, right? Uh, hydrogen peroxide. There's all these things we can do to help the fish eggs, um, not fungus, which often is actually bacterial, but that's another story. Um, not go bad. Um, yeah, let's, let's go with that besides acidic water. So yeah, that, that's my thoughts, Howard. I honestly, I wouldn't worry about the pH. I, I guess it could, I, a situation where pH, knowing the pH might be useful would be if, if someone's keeping a tank long-term and doesn't want to do regular water changes, um, if the pH drops, that tells you something's crashed, right? That tells you all the buffering in the water has been eliminated, burned through, eaten up, uh, transferred, and so or transformed. And so it's time to do something like add more of that or maybe change the water or whatever, right? So I guess there are a few edge cases where knowing the pH uh, could be helpful. But in general, um, I know, I know, I know that forever it's been talked about as an important parameter, but in my fish keeping experience, it just isn't. Yeah, it just isn't. Danikin Aquatics throwing down five bucks saying, I'm stoked for you and Alex to speak at Fishtoberfest. Can't wait to see you both. I can't wait to see you again. Kenny and meet Danny. That'll be awesome. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it a lot. And you'll be getting an email from me soon, Kenny E. Um, I just want to button down that. Um, so I'm going to be doing a, a, a live demonstration as part of my, of my presentation. And I want to see if we can figure out how to get a camera on there with a projection screen maybe behind me. So if people are far away, they can still, still see the details and all that. So I'll be getting in touch with you to close the loop on that. But I am excited. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. I always, always have fun uh, talking at fish clubs and hanging out with fish nerds. It's super fun. Kids, Aquatics, and Exotics with Pippi Longstocking. There she is, Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kayla's Aquatics and Exotics. I appreciate the super chat. Um, if you left a comment in there, I can't see it, so I apologize, but you're probably just showing Pippi off. <laughs> um, can 5015. And about the pH thing, I know I'm going to catch fire for that. I know there's lots of people that think it's important, and that's fine if it helps them, but 
it hasn't helped me. I think it's just this thing that is included in books and magazine articles and listings on stores and things to have another thing to demonstrate or I don't know, but I think it confuses people. I think it does more harm than good because people try to get the perfect pH and end up killing their fish because altering pH is not an easy thing to do for a lot of people. And um, that's why in my store, we just don't talk about pH. I just think it does more harm than good. Yeah. Anyway, back to that. Do you hold fish? I am moving in about a month and didn't want to miss fish you have. I don't hold fish. Um, every now and then someone will order and be like, hey, uh, could you send them next week? And that's not that's not a big problem. Um, right. Sometimes someone will be like, yeah, I've got this thing I have to do. I'll be back in two weeks. And if it's a species that I have a lot of and I know I won't sell out of, um, then then maybe I'll do it. But usually not no longer than like can you send them next week yeah and and it's not because i don't want to it's just i don't have the space to be a boarding facility every tank has to earn its keep Um, for the business to work the nuts and bolts of being able to stay in business and keep doing what we do are if you think of it like a restaurant every table has to earn a certain amount of money for the restaurant or the restaurant won't stay in business. So if it's the lunch rush, um, they have to be able to turn a table, let's say four times. And then the dinner in the evening, maybe four or five times, right? And if they can do that, get a group in, feed them, have them leave, get the next group in, feed them, have them leave, then that table earns enough money that the, the restaurant can stay in business. In the fish business, it's similar to that. Um, my aquariums have to, like if I have a tank full of fish and the fish is sitting there for months and months, that's a problem for the business. But if I can get a tank of fish, sell them, um, a few weeks later, get more fish in that tank, sell them, and over that period of a few months, turn that tank several times, that's what makes the business successful. And I can't do that and manage my inventory and all that. Um, if I'm holding fish for people. So I just can't. I wish I could. Backroom Aquarius. Sorry. Thoughts on Chana Limbata keeping. Well, Chana are illegal here in the United States. So I, I don't know anything about them. I mean, I've read an article here and there and seen some videos and been like, oh man, that'd be nice. <laughs> there, there is a, a guy that does a very good talk on Chana on snakeheads. Uh, that I listened to. I think it was Maasai or Greater, Greater Seattle Aquarium Society. I mean, it was a different club, but they invited a speaker that did a detailed presentation on them, which was fascinating. But uh, since I can't keep them, I don't worry about kind of retaining that information. I just think, oh, that's awesome. Wish I could keep that. <laughs> Anyone here, if you're keeping Chana. <laughs> And you're in the United States, don't leave a comment. But if you're outside the United States, tell Backroom, of course, what you think about Chana. Uh, Limbada. <laughs> now, one do. Can you recommend some fish for 20 long? I could recommend, oh, geez, probably a thousand fish for 20 long, but that would take a long time. So instead, can you narrow it down to, say, six species that you're like, hey, these are what I'm interested in? 
and then I can talk about those and let you know which of those I think might do okay in a 20 long. But the list of fish small enough to go in a 20 long is very long. I think what we're going to do, it's 811. Let's do the giveaway now so that folks that show up at the very end in the hopes of winning something without having, you know, participated, uh, we foiled the plan. So there's 260 of us here. I'm curious to see how that drops when we're done this, but I'm going to do it now. So this is for a $100 gift certificate um, provided by an anonymous donor, someone who is just grateful to you guys for being awesome community members. Um, you brighten their day, and so they wanted to give back. So cheers to that person. Thank you so much. And the winner of the $100 gift certificate to Dan's Fish is SC. I, I know that word. Katahulas? Katahulas. I'm pricing that way wrong. <laughs> I used to know, I, I worked through college. To pay for college, I worked at an animal hospital. So I used to know how to say that, but not anymore. Um, anyway. You've won. You've got about two minutes to say something. Let us know you're here. If you haven't chimed in uh, within two minutes, we'll redraw because you do have to be present to win. Hey, Lumpy Dog, good to see you. Posiwi, owing, owning the most aggressive fish in the world, the five-star general, is there anything I can put in with him? I did have a banded gudgeon that dominated a five-star general. Um, so that worked out. However, I think it's because the, the gudgeon was already established in the tank and everything. And when I put the five-star general in, it was a smaller fish. And so they kind of got used to each other. And that was not a hugely long-term setup either. Um, I'm keeping mine with Synodonus catfish, Synodonus ocellifer. So I do think some of the the Synodonus cats would be just fine. They're they're super armored, they're fast, and they naturally live with some pretty aggressive cichlids. So I'm going to go Synodonus catfish, and that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Nothing else pops into mind right now, but I think it's worth uh, trying some large full-grown synodonus catfish, I would make sure that they have hiding places because they're going to want that anyway, but it'll also help. And um, I would introduce them after lights out when it's really dark, like turn off the room lights and everything so they get a chance to get in there and kind of get settled. Um, you don't want that new fish thing. You know, you put in new fish and they kind of dart around and they, they look like they're out of place and um, other fish just pick up on that and cue in on that. So... That's what I'm going to say. All right. Hello, I'm here. All right. You have won SC Catahoulas or however you say that. So send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. Please give me your first name. Oh, no. I'm just sending you a gift certificate. I'll email it to you. So I just need you to send me an email and I'll respond with a gift certificate. That easy. Cheers. And congrats. That's a hundy. Thanks again to the donor. I appreciate you, man. And I know everyone else does too, even, even though they don't know who you are. 
Oh yeah, cancer train. I've been curious about this. I asked about emaciated CPDs last week and you said you suggested BBS. I'm lazy though. I did start feeding golden pearls multiple times a day. They're looking a lot better, thanks. Cool. I'm glad I'm glad that worked. Um, I mean I guess the principle is just keep food in front of them, right? So golden pearls multiple times a day. Sounds good. You know, you could do like a large um Hikari um Massive or delight pellet. You could do some larger algae wafers. Those tend to be water stable. If you drop them in the morning and don't get home till like after dinner, they'll still be there water stable. So drop them in, end of the day, take them out. It works for me on lots of fish. It's actually how I keep the dwarf amber barbs, those little tiny barbs from Africa. Uh, that's how I keep them in decent shape and some of the others too. Fish tank barn, good to see you, Mike. Uh, thankful for the weather right now, going through a power outage. Woo! Glad it's not a winter one. Less element to worry about. Yeah, good luck to you. I hope I hope that resolves soon. So um, we've had to think about this because when the new store is up and running, um, if the power goes out, woo, what are we gonna do? So we have a plan. We've got it. We've got it figured out. But. We basically we have a generator. <laughs> Planted tanks. I moved my male Molly to another community tank. He's very nervous and rocks back and forth. Ooh, he rubs scales raw against the filter. I move filter up. Why is he so nervous regardless of tank? It might not be nerves. Um, you say rocking back and forth. It might be nerves, but it could be a symptom of something really wrong, uh, like like health wise. Um, does he have lots of cover though? If he's just in a bare tank, that, that might be an issue. So if you try, I don't make a spawning mop, put it in there, give him some, some spots where he can really just get out of sight of everyone. Maybe in a few days, he'll have settled in and start coming out. And since he's got a hiding spot, he'll be more comfortable. Uh, but, um, that rock back and forth, I'm not seeing the fish, so maybe I'm raising alarm for no reason. But to me, I think of shimmying, and shimmying uh, long-term is definitely an issue. Hopefully it's not, though. Hopefully it's not a shimmy. All right. Hey, Bunny Viper, good to see you. Let's see here. Mega Mindy Lou, sorry I'm late. If you've already talked about this, those are some fantastic angels you got behind you. Yeah, those are the Smoky Pinoys. I like them too. Um, I think they're great. And they are for sale if anyone wants them. Since I'm a fishmonger, I guess I should say that. But we're enjoying them. Yeah. They kind of outgrew the 40-gallon breeder, so that's why they're in here. They're, they're big. Um, body's two, two and a half inches. They're good-sized angels. Punchy paints, Kubatai Razaboras are somewhat prone to velvet. Well, they definitely have it now. And I'm actually nervous, Pam, because I know Kubatai can be sensitive to chemicals in the water. And I'm about to treat them with copper because it's the only thing I've found that is actually effective against velvet. And I'm afraid if I don't, or if I try just salt and cutting the light and maybe some quick cure or something, um, the velvet will just decimate the colony while the slower medicines or, or treatments, I should say, are 
trying to take effect. So I don't want to play around. I, I want to really get ahead of it. But I also know they're sensitive to stuff. So I don't know how sensitive they are to copper. So wish me luck, guys. I'm going to do my best. And yeah, yeah, this is the part where I hate talking about it, but but I always will. I'll, I'll be up front with you guys. Xana do sad, but okay. I have 12 Kubatai already, and the Pseudomogils are what I really want. Well, I have good news for you because we found, is it four more? I think we found four or five more. So, uh, okay, we'll, we'll have that info in the email as well then. Actually, I remember that. You wrote that on your order. Um, okay, chat jumped. 217. Hey, we didn't hemorrhage people after the giveaway was done. That's awesome. Um, let's see. I'm going to scroll up because chat jumpity jumped. And the next one I can see is Dolly Vigil. Dolly! What are the yellow and orange fish behind you? <laughs> gold Denison Barbs. Roseline Barbs, the gold form. I'm trying to get more. I'm actually talking to my supplier about that in Corridor's Equus. Um, they were holding a batch of Corridor's Equus for me, growing them out for me. So I'm curious to see if they're grown enough uh, to actually bring in yet. Oh, man, I've been trying. <laughs> so there, there's very little supply, very high demand. I do try to get them. I've succeeded twice bringing them in so far. But I'll keep trying. Let's see here. The bamboo betta, it didn't highlight, but it looks like you did the work. I see that dance fish there. Maybe you're on a phone. Like if I try to do that on my Android phone, uh, for some reason it doesn't work. So I know there's some devices that can be tricky with the highlighting, but says, what is the best way to build wholesale relationships? What I've found honestly is that wholesalers need business. So if you have a legitimate business, and you meet their requirements, most of them really want to do business with you. Um, so it's mostly a matter of meeting the requirements and just placing orders. Now I will say not all wholesalers are equal. So, you know, you might try one and be like, man, these fish are not doing well and have to move on and try another one. Um, and that's, that's one of the harder parts of this industry is uh, having putting in the work and figuring out where you want to order stuff from. What goes well with your water? It, it might not all be the wholesaler. Maybe the wholesaler. I, I, no, I know it is sometimes. So some wholesalers just don't do a good job. Some do a great job, but some of them just the fish don't tend to do as well for you as they do for the wholesaler. There might be a water difference or something, but often wholesalers don't have fish that long. So it's not so much the water all the time. <laughs> but yeah, if you meet the requirements, pretty much every wholesaler that I know, except with the exception, maybe one will be like, yes, please. We need more business. Paul Soltero, don't chase pH. My, that's my thought too. Keep the water parameters consistent and you'll have happy fish. That's been my experience as well. And that's why, again, I don't, I just don't list it on my website or anything. I try to avoid the discussion because I think it confuses people. All right. 204. We're still doing pretty good. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for sticking with it. 
sticking to the end. Isaac Corn Stubble. Hey, Dan, been a while. Hope you've been well. I, I'm great. It's good to see you. How are the Agazizii coming along? Are they kind of sexable yet? Have you taken a look at their fins, the shapes, and all that? Can yeah, so um, I might have two females. It looks like a very male-heavy batch. Most of them I can tell are males because fin shape and they start getting the, the coloration in there. Um, there's a couple that have different fin shape and the caudal fin is pretty much clear. Might be female, but could be an immature male. So not quite sure, but I have lots of males, maybe two females, but they could be males that just haven't developed yet. So that's the trick with the females. Oh, <laughs> Swamp Thing, my son keeps snakeheads that he catches before eating them. Impressive fish and tasty in a stew. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going to Florida and hitting a canal and catching some snakeheads and making a meal. That sounds fun. Plus, you're helping the environment. <laughs> yep. All right. Maria Z letting me know that the winner was here. Yep. Gotcha. Dolly Vigil, do you ever think about any, adding PayPal as a payment method? We have, and we've actually done it. So it doesn't work on getgills.com, but if you purchase through dancefish.com, you can check out using PayPal now. Yay, random arms, Jonathan, yay. Now, I want to stress something. We tried very hard to make it work on Get Gills. We didn't do that to try to like skew anything. It's just literally the PayPal API. We could not get to work with a multi-vendor marketplace like GetGills. But since Dance Fish is a single vendor, it works just fine. So, well, Stripe is so much better. Oh. Yeah, Stripe is so much better. But yes, you can use PayPal at dancefish.com. Posiwi, thank you. You are welcome. Backroom Aquarist. Thank you. The secret history living in your aquarium. Uh, okay. Okay. Just saying thank you. Um, the desert shadow. Favorite epistogramma. I'm currently debating on a few species to breed. I don't know that I have a real favorite, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be Panduro because that's the first epistle I saw that blew my mind. My fish godfather, Jim Forche, um, had them in his fish room, and he had a pair with a little breeding cave, and I saw them and was just like, what is that? Like, I, I just fell in love with them. And I was, I was a wee tyke, 13, 14 years old at the time, so stuck with me. So for sentimental reasons, and because they're darn pretty, probably Panduro. Okay. Thanks, uh, Killers Aquatics and Exotics, for linking my email, Dan at DanceFish. That's where you email me to click your gift certificate for the winner. SE, whatever that, <laughs> that other word was, I, I forget. <laughs> We've got, what, four minutes? We can do it. Rosie, my pee puffer has white stringy poop and not eating. She had her last treatment of Paracleanse today. If it doesn't work, would you suggest I try next? Thank you. Um, so first, um, white stringy poop isn't always from a parasite. It can just be from stress. I, I know this because there's um, 
oh, Dr. Jesse something from down in LA is an aquatic veterinarian that has a YouTube channel. I don't remember the name of the channel right now, but she did an episode on white stringy poop and this comes from her. So she said, nope, it could be an empty fecal casing. I know if you're eating dinner right now, sorry, but in case you didn't hear, empty fecal casing. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Don't spill your wine. Um, just from stress, basically, white stringy poop is the equivalent of diarrhea. That's fish diarrhea. So it's the equivalent of a person having diarrhea is a fish having white stringy poop. Now, it could be a parasite. It could be a virus. It could be a bacteria. It could be anything that can induce diarrhea in a person could induce diarrhea in a fish, let's say, just as a way to think about it. So um, paracleanse, what does paracleanse have in it? I don't even know. Is that prosy? Active ingredient. Fritz Periclins, metronidazole and praziquantel. Um, if you want to try a medicine, like, if you're like, no, the environment's good, the fish is settled in, it's not stressed, it's not skittish, it's not scared, all that, um, then the next one I would try is probably levamisole because it's cheap, it's easy, and it's very safe. So levamisole does, uh, I think it's annelid worms. Or is it the nematodes? Anyway, it does some worms that paracleanse won't treat. So that might be another one to try. All right, one minute. Bunny Viper, is there anything I can offer my bumblebee gobies besides live? Yeah, ours love frozen uh, bloodworms and frozen brine shrimp. So frozen foods are usually okay with them if they're appropriately sized. Hey, Rico's back from lurking. Speaking of lurking, we're going to close this out. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you being here. Thanks to my moderators for doing what they do. Thanks to the mysterious Mr. Anonymous, who kindly donated a $100 gift certificate uh, for the winnings tonight. I appreciate that so much. Thanks for being an awesome member of this community and for uh, giving other members of the community something cool to win. I think that's awesome. All the Super Chats, thanks. Everyone that left questions and comments, I appreciate the activity and the interest. Um, I think Punchy Paints is probably going next in about half an hour, so check her channel out if you want more uh, fish nerdy goodness. All you lurkers, including Rico Stan, hail the Lurker Nation. <laughs> I appreciate you watching the, or being here. Everyone watching the replay, thanks. Thanks for, for joining us belatedly. If you're on the podcast, Thanks for listening. I hope you're, I hope it's good on the podcast. I mean, there's some stuff you would miss, like when I share screenshots of different fish and stuff. But anyway, glad to help you pass your time at work or your drive or whatever you're podcasting, doing. Anyway, we'll be back the same bat time, same bat channel next, uh, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern. Till then, I hope you have a good one sincerely, and I'll see you then. Thanks. Bye-bye.